Hello, everybody. Welcome to UGA Sports Live. My name is Roddy Nabulsi. I am joined by Dane Young and Jim Donnan. Jim Donnan, of course, is the former Georgia Bulldogs head coach and the number one reason why everyone is tuning in to this Tuesday at noon on a cold and chilly day in the state of Georgia. But things are not chilly with the Georgia football program. Things are red hot going on over there. Uh, guys being added to staff. Maybe leaving from staff, coming back to the staff, fun stuff going on with Coach T-Rob and uh, a kind of a bombshell that was dropped by the University of Georgia when they tweeted out that uh, Traveris Robinson, Coach T-Rob, as he is well known, is coming in as Georgia's safeties coach and co-defensive coordinator. And, of course, the first question was, what about Will Muschamp? That, that's Will Muschamp's job description. Where's Will? Where's Coach Boom? And uh, we quickly pointed out that Coach Boom is uh, stepping back. He will be a defensive analyst, which – Here's a great thing, folks. You get to have Will Muschamp on your staff, you know, former SEC two-time head coach and uh, defensive coordinator, and you're adding Traverse Robinson, and you've got Glenn Schumann for now, and uh, you got Kirby Smart and Trey uh, Scott, Dante Williams. This is a hell of a defensive group over there. So, uh, Coach, I have to ask you about the whole Traverse Robinson thing. I mean, it, it is the news of the week, and I'm sure there's other stories that we were going to talk about before uh, we open the show today, but that's the news. That's, that's been the thing that we have uh, we were hunting down, running down, spent a big chunk of Sunday night and Monday morning running down, uh, the fact that he might go back to Alabama. So kind of give me your thoughts on Traverse Robinson, T-Rob, and how this whole shakes out for Georgia. Well, you know, uh, certainly one of the things that you have uh, in the coaching ranks is uh, people moving from one job to another or the head coach retiring or whatever it might be, and it certainly affects everybody. And uh, and this situation kind of got more uh, into uh, is he staying, is he going, all that, after uh, they hired a new coach. So the way I understand it, uh, Coach Muschamp had told Kirby, you know, last year he was considering maybe uh, cutting back so he could go watch his son play high school football, but he decided to stay another year. And, uh, you know, and he had hip replacement surgery too uh, that during that process. So he had a lot stronger season there from that standpoint. But this year, uh, now uh, his son, Witt, has signed a scholarship to go to Vanderbilt. And it's definitely on his mind being able to watch him play and everything. So I think uh, that was in the forefront there. And it really was going to be something that Kirby was going to look into, you know, once recruiting was over because uh, you, you noticed last Friday uh, Coach Muschamp was on the road. But then subsequently uh, Coach Saban decided to retire. And now if you're a coach on the staff, you want to CYA, you got to get a job. You don't know if they're going to hire somebody or that you know or whatever it is. And as soon as this happened, uh, Muschamp and Kirby got all over T-Rob because he'd been coaching with um, Muschamp forever at South Carolina, at Auburn, uh, the year that I think he was at Auburn with him. And so, uh, you know, he, they gave him the they, – they got him over here as assistant uh, – I mean, the defensive – co-defensive coordinator and then uh and then uh you know safety's coach to take Muschamp's place and he would be an analyst like he was first hired to be here when he left South Carolina and then we all know what happened you know uh Tucker left all these things Lanning left and we were able to keep him so that's the backdrop but then okay. then what happened is uh they hired a new coach and uh and all of a sudden, uh, when they didn't get Norvell, uh, they went hard after DeBoer and told him that, you know, they wanted to keep certain guys on the staff like Gillespie, running back coach. Uh, the other guy was uh, uh, Freddie Roach, the D-line coach. And, you know, the rest of the guys he could bring in, but they would like for him to try to get T-Rob back there. So once he got back there and it was named the coach, they put the full court press on him. And you can't blame the guy. If you're a Georgia man, you can't blame the guy. All of a sudden, he didn't have a job, and then he had one with us. And then the new coaches offered him all this stuff, way in excess of $2 million now, way in excess. Really? Be the defensive coordinator. And I'm not going out on a limb saying that. There's, no. We're going to have at least four coaches next year making close to that, three coaches maybe. 
four or five making a million. I don't know what the budget is, but bottom line is if you're him, you got to look at that. I mean, seriously, you don't have to move. Of course. You know, professional enhancement, but you, you also, who's your boss? He knows Kirby. He knows everything around here. He knows Buzz Champ. He knows he worked with Bobo uh, at South Carolina. And he knows, he knows all these guys, Dale McGee. And uh, in the end, it was a, an investment for his career to come here to Georgia, and I think it's a good move for him because a lot of things are up in the air. I don't know if this guy is – when I say this guy, I'm talking about the boar is uh, Brian Harson reincarnated or not. He's certainly coming in from a different area, but he's had, you know, immense success, and we'll see what happens. So that's how it happened, and I think the big key now is – how much longer is Muschamp going to stay? Is he going to continue to be a analyst? Or is he going to go on and watch his son play? Or is, he, is SEC going to work it out where he can actually watch him play? You know, we don't want those Connor Stallions things where he's – Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Scouting and all that. All that's got to be determined. But that, that's to be talked about another day. But bottom line, give the, the guy a lot of credit for stepping up and uh, staying here. But I couldn't have blamed him for for taking that job. B, you got to figure they offered him as close to what they're going to bring that grub guy in from uh, Washington, who was making two and a half million at Washington. He's going to be the OC, so he's going to make way over that two million market. So at uh, Alabama, so uh, kudos to him. It'll help our staff. Now all of a sudden, we're going to have the same scenario. Everybody's going to be talking about. Dante Williams, uh, is he going to go to uh, uh, San Jose State and be the head coach? I mean, the head coach at San Jose just took the job at uh, at Arizona. Dante's got a big background on the West Coast. His name's being mentioned there. You can't blame him if he would take a head job, but hopefully he's got bigger and better things out there. So, uh, But every day it's going to be something like that. The Eagles, are they going to fire their defensive coordinator? Are they going to go after Schumann again? Who knows? But uh, here's the one rock-solid thing. Kirby Smart not going to the Falcons. He's going to be <laughs> coach here, and it will be okay regardless of what happens. Well, Coach, with T-Rob, how much of his decision-making is if you go to Georgia and you do a good job on the defensive staff, Georgia being so stable right now, that just is the path to be a head coach somewhere. What Dan Lanning has done, what you were saying with Schumann being on this list, how much does that factor in a decision-making there? Well, I think a little bit, but at the same time, he could do the same thing in Alabama. And, you know, uh, because of, uh, of you just look at his background, this is going to be his fifth, his 17-year coach, his fifth job in the SEC. I mean, that's a lot of different places now. I mean, he's been at Auburn, Florida, South Carolina, uh, you know, Alabama, now Georgia. So uh, I think he was in Florida, wasn't he? Uh, he was. He was with Muschamp starting in Florida for nine years, Florida to Auburn and South Carolina after. Well, you mean nine years at South Carolina and Florida? He wasn't – he was – all, all total, he was with Muschamp together for those nine years. Those yeah, that's, that's good. So he knows – he knows our calls. He'd be a good supplement to, uh, and a lot of people don't know this. This is inside one of the reasons you watch this, but I'm sure people know that after the uh, Texas loss, uh, T Rob started calling the defenses for uh, Alabama. It wasn't uh, steel. Uh, you saw the fact that uh, uh, Coach Kiffin brought out that in a press conference, and Nick wouldn't say anything about it, but he said the defense had seemed to be different than when he was scouting them early. And Nick just said, Hey, we have all kind of defensive responsibilities and things like that. But <laughs> he didn't say that still was calling them, but, but you know, the, the coaches make up all those call sheets and everything. And uh, it, it's all pretty much predetermined, but uh, it's a good lick for us getting him here. I mean, particularly with, uh, Muschamp situation, uh, and if we can keep Muschamp to be an analyst, that'll be even uh, more firepower here in our staff room. I like getting um, him mainly because of the recruiting aspect of it. It's uh, if you don't 
for folks that don't follow recruiting, we have a, you know, I, I know a lot of folks at UGA sports do follow recruiting. A lot of people, they're like, look, I'll just, I'll learn who they get after they sign or after they start to become a star, then I'll learn who they are and names and jerseys. But for those who follow recruiting intently, you got to know that uh, T Rob, as he's known on the uh, trail, Coach Traveris Robinson is a elite recruiter. He does sign a lot of top players. As Coach points out, he's been all over the SEC, and his laundry list of guys that he has signed is impressive. One of those is an All-American safety at Alabama and Caleb Downs. This is a kid that uh, everybody wants on their team, and there's been tons of speculation as to whether or not he would enter the transfer portal for Alabama. Some of their top players have entered the transfer portal. Some of their top commits have decommitted. And that is to be, I mean, a lot of people are, you know, it's like, oh, this is right. the end of Alabama. It's not. It's just a coaching transition. The first one you've had over there in, what, 16, 17 years. It's been a long time. Uh, it, you're going to have some guys decommit and look around. And some will recommit. You know, they want to meet with Kalen DeBoer first, but they want to keep their options open. And Alabama, just like Georgia, is not immune to having players go into the portal. A lot of guys were going to go into the portal regardless, but with Nick Saban re- uh, retiring, that changes things up greatly. So the number one question amongst Georgia fans is, uh, is Caleb Downs going in the portal? The number two question is, is Justice Haynes going in the portal? Those who follow recruiting want him. Those who follow the stars, you know, the actual stars on the field want Caleb Downs. Coach, give me your thoughts on – I know you can't I don't know what's going to happen. Just talk to me about I don't know what's going to happen there. I, I know uh, certainly would help our chances of getting him because the guy that recruited him. But, you know, he, he – he, he made a specific detailed analysis when he signed there that we were number three, Ohio state was two. So, but uh, I know the safeties coach at Ohio state is not there now. So who knows? So, uh, but I would think with all the firepower we've got over here, and I think certainly recruiting is a big part of anybody's MO and everything, but, but that old deal about, I like the coach is, is great, but, you know, I like the money now is the big part. So uh, we'll see how that works on this NIL with everybody. But we, we definitely enhanced our uh, – you know, Muschamp was a great recruiter. Look at some of the guys he got. I mean, plus he kept Julian Humphreys here in the stretch here, and uh, I thought that was a good job by him. Yeah, I, I just – it, it's easy, Roddy, just to look at me like uh, Georgia secondary is already really good. But if, if Caleb Downs is a piece of it, oh, boy, oh, boy, would that be great? Yeah, I mean, yeah and Coach makes a great point. You already were going to have a great secondary. But it's we're, it's to me, it's kind of like the backup quarterback syndrome. It's like, but what if? And, yeah, what if if you could have that guy join your team? And, again, he had 107 tackles, the first freshman at Alabama in forever, I think, what's since 1970, to have over 100 tackles. Good return, uh, good punt returner. But, you know, our secondary, as talented as he is, it's got question marks because guys that haven't played right. are going to have to step up, particularly at corner. We, we, we hope Harris, Humphrey, those guys are going to get – and then we got Ellis Robinson and Bolden and all those guys. But a, a surefire starter guy like Downs had played as a true freshman, kind of like Malachi, would, would be would be really good. And I do feel like that uh, we do have some structure here at Georgia where you have a drop ad date and the, the last day you can enroll. But I do know we have a president that's pretty flexible too. And uh, all of a sudden Kirby calls up and said, hey, we got Michael Jordan wants to come in here. Can we get him in? What do you think he's going to say? I mean, that's pretty much what it's like. So, uh, you know, he, he's got to go. He, he certainly – I'm not putting words in, in um, Dr. Moorhead's mouth, but I, I, I think – there's always a chance for something like that. Maybe, maybe you can't do it. I don't know, but uh, no, that's a great point because people are saying, "Well, can can we get him in here for spring?" I'm like, "Well, hey, he's not in the portal, but if he is, if he did go in the portal, classes have started." You know, yeah, and that last day was Friday, but I, I do feel like that that's not as critical as uh, it'd be good, but it'd be even better to have him, you know, burn the hand just to, you know as much as he knows. So what if he misses spring practice now? A guy that you don't know about might be that you could use him a lot more. But I like the fact that, you know, a guy like Aguero is going to get a lot of reps. You go back to, to you know, when we had those tight ends, Hurt, Washington and uh, Bowers and all the reps that those guys got, uh, they just get more practice with the best players. So, uh, but uh, 
that's enough about that. But but from my standpoint, but maybe the the biggest question mark now is now that he's left there, we got a new D coordinator coming to uh, Alabama from uh, yeah. South Alabama. His name's Dane. Uh, excuse me, Kane Womack. I got it mixed up with Dane there, but uh, got some history with him. Uh, not so much him, but his father. His father was a graduate assistant for me at uh, Missouri in 84 and a very astute young coach. Of course he was. And <laughs> Everybody was. You, you've coached everybody. I've learned that. Like if, if they're was, coaching in college football, you're connected to them somehow. Everybody was astute now. There were some of them that were better. <laughs> but he was very, he was very, uh, you know, very good. And uh, he was, uh, even though he was on the offensive side of the ball, he had a defensive background. We ended up being defensive coordinator at not only uh, Southern Miss, but uh, also uh, he was at uh, Arkansas and Georgia Tech. And he's got a, a really good history of being a defensive coach. Then his son ended up coaching at some of the smaller schools and then was at Indiana when they were pretty good. And then he got this job at uh, South Alabama because he had been pretty successful at South Alabama as an assistant coach. They run a lot of four down stuff, some three down, a lot of pressure and all. But, uh, you know, it, it you couldn't think that uh, Kellen DeBoer knew this guy, but you got to figure that some of the powers that be thought that he would be a good guy to bring in. And it, it certainly when you're a head coach and then you go back to being a D coordinator, it's got to be a big move professionally. And uh, I'm sure he's excited about it. And, uh, and their staff will be uh, enhanced by a guy that knows the state, knows the conference, and uh, is going to bring in a, a lot, but not maybe as much as maybe T-Rob because he was there, knew all the players and everything like that. So from my standpoint, uh, it's a good hire and, uh, and was effective in the fact they made it pretty quickly. I saw a lot of people saying that this Kane hire is huge and – you know, a, a big get. I'm like, I feel bad because unlike you, I did. You know, all the coaches out there, I had not heard of him that much. I mean, heard his name kind of in passing, but a lot of people were raving about the uh, addition. And I'm just wondering. Uh, that's bad. Got to be to bring, that's got to be people on the Alabama board. I don't think that's a national rave. But well, uh, I'll say some national pundits, but yeah, they were uh, a lot of them were saying this is a huge hire. And I'm just going by the national pundits. And I'm like, that's not. It's not a big splashy hire by any means. It's not the uh, the known guy that you know. Getting T. Rob, of course, was uh, big. Keeping Kevin Steele. There was talks of DJ Durkin actually coming back and being the guy. Um, yeah, I mean, DJ's kind of going around a lot of different places, and uh, I'm sure there's people jumping all over him to be an analyst because he's probably got two years left at at Texas A and M and. I'm sure Kirby would be glad to have him over here too. It shows you how much the money has changed for some of these roles, though, because I feel like when I was younger, you just didn't see head coaches of programs jump down to be an assistant somewhere else. You know, it was, it was at least more rare. But when you talk about money here, a coordinator at Alabama just gets paid a lot more than a South Alabama head coach. Exactly. And, you know, he's a young guy. I mean, he got the head job at a young age, so he still can redirect his career and, it's it's kind of a risk a little bit, but at the same time, because they had it humming at South Alabama, it'd been pretty good. But uh, they actually beat Oklahoma State last year in a tremendous upset. I was actually speaking uh, to the uh, first and ten club at at uh, Mobile the week that they were playing uh, uh, Southern Miss. I mean, excuse me, uh, Oklahoma State, and they were. Uh, you give them a pep talk. They were talking. No, I mean the, the fans were saying, yeah. "Hey, what kind of chance we got?" I said, "Only thing I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be pulling hard for South Alabama." And they said, "Why is that?" I said, "Because they're playing Oklahoma State." Oh, he, he did. He there's there's no question. He, he gave him the. Uh, he gave he gave him the seat. There's a South Alabama head coach saying thanks for giving us all getting us all excited. I appreciate that's the, it. That's the South Alabama Booster Club down there saying they worked that time. Can we give us another pep talk? Yeah, <laughs> come back, coach. Come back. 
Uh, speaking of coming back, I want to mention our friends at Athens Ford. If you've uh, bought a vehicle from them in the past, you will know that it's a good idea to come back and talk to those guys. They do a great job with repeat sales because they make such a good impression on you the first time that you're like, hey, I'm going to go back and see those guys. Uh, they 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 took care of me last time. They also take care of you when it comes to service after the sale. You uh, buy a car from them, and if you ever need anything, they have a fantastic service bay there. Uh, they can spot an issue for you really quickly, get it knocked out fast. It's not like, oh, I got to take it to them, leave it for a week, you know, get a loaner for, you know, 14 days and be without my car. They are incredibly fast and they have a dedicated service agent that keeps you updated, uh, keeps you walking through. And it's not just one person, you know, and he's stuck with some uh, customer and you're waiting another hour just to pay your bill. Now, this is, uh, they have offices in there of dedicated service folks to take care of you. So just like the sales staff, uh, the service staff is top notch and they will take great care of you at uh, Athens Ford. So try them out when you get the chance. Roddy, I know you've been driving a lot lately. Have you noticed as many Broncos on the road as I have? Like it feels like maybe I'm noticing them more because we talk about them, but it just, I feel like I see more and more Broncos out there. There, There's a ton of them. Of course, I I always notice the Ford Explorers and I'm like, what what package do you have? What color do you have? Ooh, I like So it's just uh, it's confirmation bias. Uh, it's also early on a Tuesday. It's cold. You don't want to be cooking too much. Now, if you're cooking some chili or stew, great. Uh, but if you want something really good, reach out to our friends at Your Pie and go ahead and order on the Your Pie app. Get double points on your uh, whatever you order. Uh, those will add up very quickly, and you will be able to get free pizzas, free breadsticks, free drinks, free gelato, free brownies, all sorts of sweets and goodies over there. From our friends at Europe Pie. It's fantastic food. It's absolutely delicious. Uh, the speed at which you get a custom made pizza is mind boggling. So you walk in, you tell them what dough you want, what uh, sauce you want, what toppings you want, and they turn around, pop it into a soup, you know, very hot oven. You see the flames in the back, you get that great crust on it. By the time you go and get your, you pay for it, you get your drink, you go sit down, you check UGA Sports, the dog event for, a couple seconds, read the headlines, headlines about maybe Juju Lewis reclassifying and you know the fact that George is actually in the running there. Or you read about uh, the, the inside scoop on uh, Traveris Robinson coming back to Georgia. By the time you've read a couple of uh, uh, posts on the dog vent, they come up to your table, hand you a piping hot pizza that's cooked to perfection exactly the way you want it. And you're not uh, doing it on every, you're not paying for every single topping you get. So, and even if you order some of the classic ones, uh, whatever, uh, you can add toppings to it or take them away. So exactly the way you like it. All right. You teased to this. I'm bringing up the banner. Tell people what's happening with Juju Lewis. Yeah, so Juju Lewis is a uh, class of 2026 quarterback who's committed to Southern Cal. we got folks in the uh, comment section talking about the, the fact he's committed there. Yeah. He's a sophomore committed somewhere. Do you think that's going to stop Kirby smart from going after him? Do you think that's going to stop Kirby smart from trying to recruit the hell out of him? I mean, Hell, he recruited K.J. Boldham to the last day and got him. So uh, Juju Lewis is no longer a class of 2026 quarterback. He is now a class of 2025 quarterback. So he is reclassified, which means uh, he is a junior. He will be in Athens on February 3rd for junior day. Uh, If you're a sophomore, it's not your day, but he is now classified as a junior. You can do that, you know, if your academics work out. He's a bright young man. I went and saw him. Uh, play earlier or this, you know, this past season. I think it was in October. It was cold as anything out there, but went to Carrollton. The kid lit him up. He's he's a fantastic quarterback, and Georgia wants to flip him away from USC. Uh, the Bulldogs were going to take two quarterbacks in this last class, Dylan Riola and Ryan Puglisi. Uh, they only got Ryan Puglisi, so now they're looking for a class of 2025 quarterback. Juju Lewis is a class of 2025 quarterback. I'm just saying this could there could be something there. Coach, let me get your thoughts on reclassifications and Juju Lewis, if you'd be so kind. We'll give you two words. Okay. Del McGee. Those are, Ooh. Two, good Those are two good words. That's, that's a wrap. <laughs> All right. So uh, Juju Lewis will be the starting quarterback at UGA. And uh, no, two I, years. Just think, I think the fact that we got Mike Bobo here. Good relationship with him. Dell's tight with with him. Uh, uh, you know the the lack of success that uh, USC. Uh, you know when he committed to him, USC was rolling everything. But I just feel like with our background and everything going, it's still going to be 
a process for sure. But I, you know, I like our chances. I can't say that we're going to get him or not, but uh, you know, I, I feel like we got the right wheels rolling that way. And uh, the fact that he's reclassified means that, uh, you know, it gives you a guy in that class, but I can also say this, uh, I feel good about a quarterback room, uh, watching Ryan throw out there, watching uh, what Gunner can do, uh, seeing some of these guys we're recruiting. Uh, I know people that subscribe to UGA uh, found out about the, the kid that we had in from Nashville that uh, down to us in Ohio State, uh, watch the tape on him. It's like watching the guy from the Bills yesterday, big, strong, physical guy, uh, you know, a lot like Allen for the uh, Buffalo Bills. So, uh Hopefully, you know, he's a guy, what, 26 guy? Is that what he is? Yes, sir. Jared Curtis out of Nashville is the uh, 20, class of 2026, big quarterback, uh, very uh, good-looking kid, very impressive, 6'3", uh, 215. Uh, like you said, he just visited Georgia. He's going to go visit Ohio State, and then he's going to make a decision. So, uh, yeah, I like, your- I like our chances. Ohio State got some issues up there. I mean, they're, they're making some changes in their offensive staff. Uh, the guy that's recruiting him. Uh, I don't know if he'll still be there. Uh, so who knows? But that that's 2026 guy. But, you know, I, seriously, if you'd have told me 15 years ago that I'd be on radio, I mean, a YouTube pro talking about a 26 quarterback two years ahead, I mean, that's the way it is. I mean, that, that's pretty pretty good information that your uh, website keeps up with. I didn't even know anything about that kid Do you – Jed May put it out there, and then I went and watched the tape on him. I said, well, looks pretty impressive to me. So uh, that's one of the reasons people all subscribe. You find out things that I uh, I even know how to log in now once in a while, but I don't do it. I don't do it unless I get an info to, to read. I don't read that dog, whatever you call it, but uh, I, I do you read, read the dog vent, Coach. That's where all the experts are. Come on now. I'm going to probably miss that for a few more years, but I do like to read, to watch the tape on these young players. And let me just tell you, this class of 25, you look in the state of Georgia, some of these big kids and just uh, that big tight end down at, uh, that we he played defensive end, tight end. He was at uh, Charlton County, but he moved over to that other school, uh, Boy, he's a big guy. And then, and then we got that uh, all kind of D lineman. And then I saw that kid that running back from Cedar Grove. Uh, man, just good players. And uh, I, I like the uh, – sir, we're looking at Georgia's 2025 class, and it has the potential to be special. And you're coming off a 2024 class, which was number one in the nation. I mean, you're – it's lining up. And if you could land a uh, Juju Lewis – Amazing. Amazing. We were number one in the nation and only got like two guys in our, in our own state that were ranked in the top 15. Unbelievable. So, uh, yeah. And uh, another guy I read about today, and the only time I read about this stuff is before we go on the show, but just so I won't be caught off guard. But I saw where one of Alabama's commits had decommitted and uh, Mason Short, a uh, offensive lineman, and uh, uh, I think we definitely got a shot at him. He came in and visited us last weekend, and it's going to be it's going to be Oh yeah, Mason Short out of Evans, Georgia, uh, six foot seven, two hundred ninety five pound offensive tackle was committed to Alabama for some time, just decommitted. I mentioned that you know they were losing some recruits. Mason's a big one, and like Coach said, he just visited this past weekend. There also, there's also a Michigan commit that came in this past weekend and decommitted from them. And the way he raved about Georgia and the story. Is he 25 or 26 or 24? I'm pretty sure he's a 2025 kid. I'll double check. Yeah, Embry or something like that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ewald. Uh, Ewald. He's, he's a really good kid. Uh, people got very excited about him. Uh, Chris Ewall, uh, Rivals 100 defensive back, yeah, definitely class of 2025 out of uh, Sheminade, Madonna, Hollywood, California, or Hollywood, Florida. So, uh, you know what happens? What happens, though, to me? Number 24 player in the nation. Yeah, there could be a guy over here at uh, 
Oconee County that's really good, and we're recruiting. Well, I don't know about him, but then there's a guy from Hollywood, Florida, that decommits from Michigan. We go nuts. I hope he's good, but you know what I mean? It's just a intrigue. Yeah, right. It's intrigue of the unknown about somebody. Have you ever even heard of that guy till now? Well, coaches the business title. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's great. Yeah, I mean, again, the, it's I get I don't want to make too much out of them visiting George and then decommitting, but the fact that you know Harbaugh is interviewing elsewhere, you can see a Michigan kid decommitting. You got a coaching changes Alabama, you can see Mason Short committing. But right now, if you could get Juju Lewis, Mason Short, Justice Terry, Elijah Griffin, I mean, not only for the top players, you know, in the state, but you're getting four of the top players in the nation. This is. Uh, you know, you got those. You ever watch those uh, railroads and those big when they got those things and the fork in the road and and yeah, go here or go there. Michigan been going this way, but they're getting ready to go that way. They got forty some guys that are seniors. They got eleven guys that have as the underclassmen that have declared for the draft. I mean, they're going to have to have a major, major overhaul talent wise. I mean, that's a lot of players now. Find out if Sharon Moore is good at his job. Yeah, oh, Jim Harbaugh out of there. You really think he's going to get that job? I think it'll be Kelly. Well, so I wanted to ask you about this, Coach. I know you like kind of jokingly said, "Well, you're serious," but even the fact that it was a notion, Kirby Smart's not going to the Falcons. I know your buddies with Bill Belichick. Is it happening? Yeah, he hadn't asked me about it, but. I'll tell him, hey, make sure Arthur Blank opens up some of those cans of cash behind his house, you know, because uh, I don't know if he's got his first grade lunch money, but he's pretty tight. Mm. I'm talking about Arthur, but he's he's a good man. He's been good for the city. But, you know, I, I mean, 72 years old, I mean, we talked about it last week. I mean, Bill's chasing that Don Shula record. I mean, I don't know, but uh, he'd be a great hire. I mean, you know, we got to get the quarterback situation, but any chance you got to get a guy like that, I mean, you got to look at him. The other now, thing uh, I wanted to be sure to ask you about, because you said the changes at Ohio State, Ross Bjork potentially being an athletic director, that, that was pretty big waves there, right? I mean, big decision old Ross made two years ago. You know, he, he decided to give Jimbo an extension, only cost him $77 million. So, uh, <laughs> Go ahead, take him on up there. Uh, I was I had it pulled up here, Coach, real quick. This is the 2025 uh, State of Georgia rankings. You see Juju Lewis at number one, Elijah Griffin. We had a story on him on the front page uh, where he came to visit this past weekend as well. This is the number one defensive end in the nation, the number two player in the state, number four player in the nation. So he's, again, another top five guy. And uh, I like what uh, – Kirby Smart gets up in front of all these uh, recruits, and it's a huge weekend recruiting at Georgia. And uh, he gets up in front of him and says, and again, this is Elijah Griffin quoting Kirby Smart. Elijah says, he said this verbatim, meaning Kirby. If you have other options, we have other options too. If you want to come here and you don't want to work, do not come. That's, that's, that's Kirby. You don't want a guy in here. <laughs> If you gotta talk somebody, he's supposed to be kissing these kids' butts, right? He's no, supposed to be. You gotta talk somebody into coming, though. You, you know, I, I, I agree with that. That's one of the things. I tell you, the, the junior day is one of the most exciting days that I used to have in coaching to get to see these guys. Uh, you know, now these they've already had a chance to meet these guys because they come to camps and everything. But boy, to get those juniors in here and get that first look at them and and see what they look like on the eyeball. I mean, it's unbelievable. A rush to know that you're at a state university, got a chance to get these guys. And uh, I was at the basketball game the other day and just saw those kids up there and the coaches up there around them, some really good looking guys. I'm talking about eyeball takes. I mean, just, you know, the kind that you just definitely make your mouth water. So, uh, but, but I think that's, that's good that, uh, that uh, these kids understand that coming in because you, you got to come in here with a open mind, but you know, if you're going to come in here, you're going to get trained and get, you're going to have to work to get where you got to go. 
Yeah, it's going to be hard. And it, I guess it helps uh, weed out the ones who would come in and transfer. It's like, look, if you don't want to come here and work really hard, don't don't waste our time. Don't waste your time. You say you've got other options. We've got other options, too. And again, Georgia, you pointed out the last couple of shows, Georgia hasn't done really well in the class, in the state of uh, Georgia. The Bulldogs haven't really lined up. But right now, I mean, I'm looking at you could get Juju Lewis. You could get Elijah Griffin. He's raving about Georgia. You already have Justice Terry. Zayden Walker, Georgia's been all over Zayden Walker forever, number four. Elias Williams, the one you were talking about, uh, the big tight end down in Camden, uh, 6'8", 230. Georgia had him up this past weekend. They're going to watch his game tonight. Kirby Smart will be down there watching he's his already Isn't he already committed? Yeah, he's committed. That's what I'm saying. So he's uh, you got three and five already committed. Uh, Florida State's coming after him, but, I mean, Kirby's taking countermeasures to keep him away. Uh, Jonte Gilbert, absolutely Georgia's out on him. Uh, Chroma. Devastating running back. I can see Georgia going after him as well. Mason Short, number nine, just decommitted from uh, Alabama. He was in town this past weekend. And Josh Petty, uh, we see Josh Petty a lot. Again, the way you're set for the top ten in the state of Georgia is just it, – it's been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah. And you just signed the number one class. So Kirby's saying, look, I've got you've got options. We've got options. If you don't want to bust your butt – and there have been some guys, Coach, I know you, you don't want to say it, but there have been some guys that left Georgia because – it's too right. hard. Work too hard. Yeah. Play. yeah. I won't name names, but you you know it's true. Well, th- this recruitment for Georgia got easier when Nick Saban retired, right? Because Alabama's <laughs> the kingpin. And coach, since we last had a show, Nick Saban retired. And I'd just love to hear your thoughts on that and what it was oh, yeah. what it meant to your circle. Like right. Yeah, I just I'm I'm gonna say respectfully and with uh great bit, bit of humility. Nick Saban has been a tremendous, uh, tremendous coach and plus for college football. I, I don't think you'll ever see, unless Kirby does it here, uh, anybody dominate football over a span like he did. Uh, just uh, tremendous respect. And, you know, he's a driven guy, but he's a very, uh, every time I've ever been around him or ask him for a favor you know, as far as helping with uh, some of these things, uh, you know, he did it like a, a little favor for me uh, over there at that, that spine clinic one time. Uh, you know, he's just he's just uh, in his own niche, but he he's definitely uh, a guy that uh, you can. Every time I've been around with him, and uh, I told you before, he and his wife both, uh, when my wife was in in uh, serious condition contacted me we're, we're all around you know there was a lot of coaches that did that but uh and uh he doesn't text much anymore but i did send him a text and uh he, he, you know he sent back thanks and uh uh hope you're doing well or something like that but just the fact that uh from my standpoint and i know kirby feels the same way just a tremendous influence on college and pro football you know uh, and it's kind of like to me, what most people said was kind of like when Barry Switzer retired. Here's what Tom Osborne said. Yes. Well, that's <laughs> the way I feel about Nick getting out. Just because uh, that's one less guy you got to worry about. Now you got to worry about Sark. I mean, I think Texas on the horizon is the program that, that with the out the people leaving Alabama and the, and the Guys that have already entered the pro draft and all that stuff, I, I just think Texas, to me, is more of a threat at this point than Alabama. I think one thing you, you shared this, a, coach. Oh, go ahead, Roddy. I'll say I don't think you can have a better um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for um, reaction, a more respectful reaction than everyone to be elated that you're gone, that you're leaving. <laughs> People say, yes, it's like the highest for highest compliment you can give somebody is thank yeah. God you're out of my business. <laughs> and I, I really don't know what the scenario was, but I've had a couple of people contact me that, that had friends that are on the staff and all, and they had no idea going into that four o'clock meeting that Nick went into that he was getting ready to re- tell the players he was resigning. So, it, it went pretty quick there, that's for sure. 
Well, and coach, one thing that you shared with us, and I think you shared it on your social media as well. You saw this somewhere else and shared it, but I thought it was a really good message was because um, you and I first connected just on being family men. Uh, that was one thing I respected about you. I think you saw that with me, Roddy, the same, but you had shared this. Somebody had written it up saying that, you know, Nick Saban, greatest of all time in college football, all of that. And within three days, there's a different head coach at Alabama and, and life's moving on. And so the real investments that you make in this world are going to be with your family because when the other yeah, things I mean, do go away, somebody, this is what you got. Somebody's going to take your office. Somebody's going to take your house. Somebody's going to take a lot of things, but they can't take away your mother and father. So uh, that's something you can always lean on. Everybody, I mean, I've, I've always believed in that. Oh, it's one thing that I love about you, Coach. It's one of the things I respect about you most. And, uh, I mean, you send us pictures of your grandkids all the time, and it's awesome to see the, the level of investment you have there. I'm not trying – that just that meant a lot to me. Like, it's maybe because I have young kids and I'm in that phase of life that, I don't know, yeah, just hey, uh, resonated. Family is nothing like it. But uh, I was kidding the other day, which I'll share with everybody. You know, uh, my wife was a sucker for anything that my grandkids wanted. I mean, they got it. <laughs> which is okay, but if we'd have had Venmo when she was alive, I wouldn't have anything. My, <laughs> my grandkids would have backdoored me on everything through her on Venmo, and it would have been over. So, uh, but uh, you know, I, I can open mine up, and it says Ollie, 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 Ollie. But hey, 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 I, I spent five dollars on something. Can you Venmo me? I'm like, you got your own money, you little crap. It's it's a great resource, and uh, you know. Um, and, and I think, you know, I get on Facebook mostly to share things, but we had a guy uh, that was on my team in high school that uh, passed away last week. And uh, they asked me, uh, family asked me to share a story about him. And uh, I'll just share this one with you. And uh, he played tennis and basketball, and but he was very, very uh, musician uh, oriented. He played the French horn. He did all this. And he ended up playing in the North Carolina symphony sym symphony for like 30 years. You know, he worked for them, but, but he, he had a hard time uh, realizing that I was better than him. And I'm not bragging about it. I was better than a lot of the, my guys, but I, but he said, would you just please let me beat you in one thing one time? And I said, well, I can't play the French horn, so maybe I'll try that and you can whip my ass. So uh, I couldn't play the French horn if I even – I don't even know how to put it up to my mouth. But Wayne Amick was just a, a good man, and I hate that he passed away. And makes you think about it. I look at that picture of that team. and uh, we, we had an unbelievable run there from sixth grade up through high school, winning a lot of games. But a lot of them aren't with us anymore. Well, a lot of those guys, when you you remember the ones you spent all that time with, to your point, Dane, those are your best memories. People can talk about the wins and losses and how quickly Alabama has moved on from Nick Saban. Nick Saban was an institution, and you bust your ass working all day, every day, thinking I got to get, I got, I, I got, I got to work, I got to work, got to work, got to work. Got to work. Yeah, what's it going to take to beat this guy? Um, I remember the uh, first spring that. Uh, Nick was coaching at LSU, and I was out on the road down in uh, Charlton County. Uh, and actually, uh, you could go out then as head, coach, as head coaches, you know, and uh, check people out. And I think I was looking at Taron Smith, who ended up being a defensive end for me. And um, anyhow, this guy from LSU was there, and he was nervous and walking around and everything. And, uh, you know, I, I said, I said, how's everything going? He said, he said, I don't know. He said, I'm I'm getting ready to have this conference call. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, Coach Saban's having a conference call with everybody at 4 o'clock, and we got to tell them every place we've been today and go over it. I said, good God. <laughs> if I told some of my coaches we are going to have a conference call, they'd probably be on the eighth hole or something. I'm recruiting. <laughs> but that, was, that was impressive to me that Nick was that organized. That was 1999 or 2000 spring but uh he was he had those guys checking in telling them where they went what they did and he wanted to know about the players and he, he was right on top of it so that's a pretty vivid memory i mean these sec meetings that are coming up you know just in a couple months now kirby and stoops are kind of the veterans in the room now 
Like that happened quickly. Yeah. And Kurt, Nick, Nick came into that first meeting, you know, all of us hardly even carried any notes in there because we knew it was just going to be a drive through when we would be out of there. Nick came in there with about three different big boxes, looked like boxes of the things that he wanted to go over and Spurrier looked like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you got to go play golf, man. What are you doing? Nick, Nick was ready to I got a meeting at the bar. <laughs> and he was he was super organized. I mean, really unbelievable. Well, if, I want to mention our friends that if you if you want to be organized in your life and have more of this quality time to spend with your family and your friends and not just beat yourself up to death, check out myperfectfranchise.net. They've got a bunch of different things out there that you can get into. And there are a lot of different categories. When you think when people hear franchise, a lot of people think, you know, oh, well, I've got to open a restaurant. Uh, there's a home-based service. There's non-home-based services. You know, you've got uh, outbound sales. you got light retail. you got large retail. And there's all sorts of different investments in it. And it's impossible for someone like me or someone who doesn't know anything about it to make heads or tails of all the options out there. That's why you call MyPerfectFranchise.com. Just uh, call them. Go by the website. Uh, email them. Whatever you want. And reach out to Andy Ludecki, and he will walk you through it and say, look, what, what are you trying to do? What do you have available? What kind of time do you have? What kind of investments can you make? And let what do you like? What, what would interest you? What would what would you be able to be successful at? And he'll walk you through it. So reach out to MyPerfectFranchise.com, and Andy Ludecki will take great care of you. Also, um, I want to mention our friends at Academia Brewing Company. They have a new uh, ginger ale. A non-alcoholic ginger ale. They have the uh, cranberry ginger ale and they have the original uh, ginger ale. Check them out when you get a chance. Uh, I can't wait to try this. This is the first I've seen it. I did not know that it was out there. But they just put it up. Um, I definitely want to check out their ginger ale. Of course, they have fantastic food. They have great beers. They're always coming up with new beers. Um, the food is, of course, amazing when you go out there. They actually have chefs that do a great job with it. But check out Academia Brewing Company. You will be very, very pleased. Hey, I'm going to tell two stories real quick about the SEC meetings because it, it just, I, I've probably told them before, but I got to tell them the first one was in uh, Spurrier. They said, Has anybody else got anything they want to bring up? And this was back when DuBose was at Alabama, and, and all these kids were getting these uh, open end uh, deals on their cars where they would pay a balloon payment at the end of, uh, you know, if they got a pro career and all that. And uh, one of their kids transferred to Alabama, from Alabama to Florida, a linebacker. And uh, then all of a sudden he didn't have his car anymore. And he was telling Spurrier about it. And so we're just sitting there and, uh, you know, you, nobody ever says anything about anybody doing anything. I mean, you just, you turn it in a commissioner, but this is an open, Every coach in the conference and Spurrier says, I just want to talk about these vehicles. What can me explain to me about it there, Dubos? How you getting these boys these cars? I mean, God, everybody just <laughs> looking. I mean, you think about a guy getting ready to go under the table now, Dubose. And it was it was ugly. And then the other one was Lou Holtz comes in there, and we got these Woody Woodenhofer as the chairman that year. And it goes by alphabetical order about school. So as Vanderbilt his time, and you you know how low key Woody is. I mean he he's, I mean he might come in there with a bloody Mary at nine o'clock. I mean he was <laughs> so anyhow. Lou comes in there. It's about nine, about maybe four or five minutes after nine, and you got these coaches out there in the hall. All these people are trying to interview them and everything. With uh, Roddy might have been one that was out there interviewing him, but I, you know. Some of them came in a little bit. And the first thing Lou says is, I can tell you one thing. He said, any place I've ever been, when they say a meeting starts at 9 o'clock, it's supposed to start at 9 o'clock. And, and of course, Woody puts his hands up, come on, Lou. Well, you know, we're not that called in. We had a couple guys and, you know, hey. And, and so Lou, you know, went on. And then Woody said, we're going to have a, meet, uh, a break and everybody come back in at 10.15. Well, uh, we come back in there, it's 10.15, and Lou's not there. And then he comes in about 10.17, and Woody looks at him and said, hey, Woody. Woody looked at Lou. He said, hey, Lou, 
when we say we're going to have a reconvene at 10, 15, this is the SEC. We expect you to be here. I mean, it was unbelievable. Everybody started laughing because he just jumped us for being late and boy, Woody got on. So it, it was really good. Bang. Love it. Let's uh, wrap the show here with some questions from UGASports.com. OU Herschel Walker says, Coach, do you think that Georgia looks for another quarterback in the portal or standing pat? Uh, Since our last show, Georgia had a quarterback coming in, and he decided to go to USC. Uh, And then also, do you have any personal observations on Ryan Puglisi uh, since since he's been at Georgia so far? Yeah, I think probably wait till after spring now uh, because of the – guy can't come in here now and practice unless mill road decides to transfer or something. But uh, I, I just threw that out there, but uh, I, I think it's uh, something we'll look at after spring and uh, see what happens. As far as Ryan, uh, I got a chance to watch him throw this summer when he was over there. And then a couple of times uh, in the over when they were there for the, uh, uh, Bowl practices. Uh, I, I didn't watch them actually practice, but the one thing that caught my eye was, uh, I guess, the day two couple days ago, the the day before we you know started back to school. Or, uh, I rode by there uh, the uh, facility, and it was about seven thirty or eight, and he was in there throwing with some guys. I mean, you that's what you want. I mean, I just looked through the window and that guy's in there throwing, so that's impressive. And he can throw it. He can throw it. Question from Tom Dog. Coach, uh, and and you touched on this a little bit, but he was wanting into a breakdown of Womack's defensive scheme in Alabama. He wants to know how similar is that scheme to Arkansas's drop eight from a few years ago, and then how will that change with Alabama's personnel? I don't know the, how similar it is to that, uh, to Barry Odom's deal. Uh, I think he's more of a four down guy instead of a three, five, five. So, uh, but, you know, he could do a lot. But but usually when you're in a program where you're undermanned a little bit, like the that conference, you, you have a tendency to run more exotic blitzes and, and uh, take chances and stuff. But uh, I'm sure he'll – He'll uh, confer with Coach DeBoer. I know when we watched Washington play, they had uh, a lot of show stuff and then bail out, you know, line up and then bail and then line up and come. And uh, we'll just see how that – I thought it was interesting that DeBoer had two guys that have been with him forever on defense. Uh, one of them actually, uh, Morrell or something like that, was Coach Coop, our uh, recruiting guy here, played linebacker in Indiana, played for him. And uh, – he was he was thinking he might be going to Alabama, but I think the what I understand is that Washington is going to keep most of their defensive staff out there, and the new coach from uh, Arizona Arizona is bringing in his offensive staff. So looks like that's what's going to happen. Did you have any connection? Did you have any connections in your network to Kalen DeBoer? No, but Brian Harson did. No, excuse me. <laughs> Damn. See, I was I was trying to take it a drink too. You almost got me. We almost had my monitor's almost covered in coke. I know this. I know this. I've talked to a couple guys that that covered him, guys like Sean McDonough and Reese Davis and all. And they, they've been real impressed with him in these coaches' meetings. Uh Curtis Maximus, 51. Coach, you think George's offense has the potential to be more successful this coming year than it was this past season? Yeah, I mean, you gotta got to look at the fact that you didn't get uh, – you don't have Bowers, and uh, certainly we didn't have him some, and we didn't have, uh, you know, McConkey. But uh, I think with addition to some of these fresh – these uh, transfer receivers, and if Ra-Ra can get healthy uh, and bringing in ETN, uh, who's more of a, you know, uh, home run type guy, and you got some of these – I think potential is there, but – and. But the biggest deal is you got a quarterback that's been under fire as compared to a guy learning the ropes. And, you know, early on, uh, you, you saw the development of Carson Beck as he got more and more uh, astute at reading coverages and everything. And that, that the way he played when we were down 10 and out against Auburn really shows you what he's made of. And then from that point on, just really strong. 
Chip Crook wants to know, can't Georgia afford a red and black helicopter for Kirby Smart in recruiting? Well, we can't afford an airplane. I don't know why we afford a helicopter. Uh, we don't have a plane, uh, so but that's just a smart ass answer. We 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 put these guys out and wheels up and things like that. So, uh, but the reason, I mean, they don't get into what color the copter is. They just rent it. So, uh, I mean, they don't worry about it. At least your coach is going out to see people. I know one thing. We just had a great year. Maybe not as good as all of us hoped, but. First day that, that you could be out, Georgia coaches hit over 100 schools in, in the state of Georgia on Friday. That's pretty dang impressive. And Kirby hit 10 himself. Here's another point that I'm, Roddy doesn't know because he doesn't keep up with stuff like this. But I have to tell him, no, I'm sure he does. You realize it used to be if I was going to see Dane Young uh, as a junior going into his senior year, I couldn't talk to him. All I could do is bump him. You know, all I could say is, hey. Bump rule. Uh, or, you know, Kirby Smart's here, and that's it. But now you can you can talk to these guys, juniors. Uh, I think you've got a couple of times you can talk to them. Uh, you can't go in there and spend all day with them, but you can at least converse with them, which I think is a smart rule because everybody was bumping them anyhow. So did you know that, Roddy? I did know that because actually – I remember reporting one time that a coach was at a school and I got a very flustered call from said coach saying, do not report that I was at that school. Take that down. <laughs> I was like, my bad coach. So, well, I mean, you didn't uh, know, you didn't know they could talk to him for 30 minutes now or not. I, uh, the 30 minutes. No, I knew that you could have an, a prolonged, it was more than just the bump because that became, that was the crux of it was my reporting that he was there for a certain amount of time. And they're like, Oh no, then that's going to be construed as uh, oh, okay. a okay. kid and not, you know, Oh, and the other one about watching their uh, athletic events, you know, that changed a bit too. So it, it's, it's a whole new world uh, to, to your point, they're back on the trail today. Let's, we said that coach uh, smart would be down in Camden. He also went to green County. Uh, coach smart will also be in Evans where Mason short just decommitted from Alabama. Good. Just saying, Strike while the iron's hot. Question from Brian McPhail, and I don't know that we know this answer until the staff gets built out, but he wants to know who is going to be Alabama's ace recruiter now. That's all problems, no. Uh, <laughs> that's what they're counting on. I'd say Freddie Roach, you know, uh, got a good handle on those D linemen, and uh, Gillespie's done a good job with the backs, but uh, – you know, they've already lost the receiver coach to uh, – where did he go, a and uh, He'd already left, so uh, I, I, I don't really have a handle on who that will be, but I can tell their you – Their NIL collective will be their ace recruiter. I guarantee they'll be they'll be right there with anybody just because they're Alabama, but uh, it's a significant – it's a significant uh, change, that's for sure. I mean, just – Hey, Coach, give me your thought on this. Uh, I was talking to Kelly Quinlan, our Alabama publisher, and I mentioned something about recruiting. And he said, look, uh, yeah, DeBoer doesn't know all these people in Alabama and Florida and Tennessee and Georgia. He doesn't know all these coaches and have 17, 18-year relationships with them. But that doesn't matter in today's day and age like it used to. Now it's all about right. money. It's about all about NIL. And I'm like, yeah, that's a great equalizer. You're going in there with that heavy hand. But here's the thing. Uh, let's just pretend like, you know, that, that deal I did, like I was Oregon's secondary coach and I was imitating Oregon's what they're going to do to cover these guys before they played Georgia. Remember that when they played? Yeah. So I'm, I'm the AD of the Alabama and I'm taking Kellen the board into the uh, conference room there where they have their coaches, you know, their coaches meeting said, okay, here's the uh, conference room and uh, here's, here's the association here. You got 10 full-time coaches. You got four GAs. You got four uh, analysts for each. Then you got these other guys here. About 56 guys I want you to you, – you've got at your disposal to to fit in this room. And he's saying, 56? I mean, uh, that's a big – that's a different thing for them now. You know, uh, all the things they – and Alabama's got a guy in charge of – strength and conditioning in charge of uh kinesi whatever whatever that kinesiology 
we had kinesiology and all these different things. Uh, what's going to happen there? I mean, they got a great trainer, Jeff Wilson. They're going to keep him. Uh, you know, they got a director of football operations. They got all these different people. So uh, it's a big change. As long as they got the NIL collective, they'll be fine. The, the NIL is an equalizer, but Roddy, you know as well as I do that in West Georgia specifically, if a player gets an offer from Alabama, there are people around them be like, oh, that's great. Have you heard from Dell? Have you heard from Dell McGee? Yeah. Yeah, I think the, it's an equalizer, but it, it, more than anything, it just keeps you in the ball game. Uh, the fact that you, you got it and some of these people can't meet those same standards. But like I said, to me, uh, the happiest guy probably in the state of Alabama was you freeze. Oh, I had one final question just because I'm a man of the people, Roddy. I'm a good producer. I wasn't going to ask this, but bionic B did coach Djokovic or the field at the Australian open. I'm pulling for Alcaraz, but I know it's hard to bet against Nole. You know, I think he's, He's really so much on top of things that uh, it's going to be hard to beat him. But I think he's overdue to lose down there. He's won so many close matches that uh, I think somebody beats Joker. I'm going with the field. Mm. Right, so and with that, right that will be the end of our show for this week. We will take off. We will be back next Tuesday to talk more about, hey, maybe other coaches will retire. And I, to give Coach – credit last week when I said that uh, there hasn't been a huge change in Georgia's coaching staff. There's only been one guy in the defensive backfield, you know, uh, Dante Williams change. Coach said, well, it'll be amazing if the coaching staff stays the same through February. Well, hell, one week later, there's already been two major changes. So y'all pay attention to what coach says. He's he's usually right on the money. No, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not predicting that because I knew somebody. I just think too many things. The likelihood. Uh, this pro thing uh, uh, is really, uh, really worries me because just take the compliment. There, there's a lot of lifestyle changes there in that pro, uh, where you know what I mean. So, uh, and then you, you know, South Alabama jobs open. Uh, somebody from Georgia might be in on that. Who knows? Very true. Uh, we said you, you know, you knew the, the dominoes were coming, and you were correct. Anyway, whatever happens, we will discuss it next Tuesday at noon, and we will see you then. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Hit that like button and hit the subscribe button. We're on the uh, march to get to 50,000 subscribers. We're only about 8,000 away, but we'll get there. <laughs>